Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host, sports director at KORN Radio in Mitchell, South Dakota. It's the voice of the Mitchell Colonels, Travis Krenz. Travis, how are we doing? It's good. It's always good when there's a game of importance. Yes. It lives up to the hype. It's hyped up all week. It's all right. And then the game goes on, and it's kind of what you expect. It's kind of like, like I win records. Yes. It was exciting. It was 3-0 for a long time. But then I had to go and score a couple touchdowns through it. So it was under the under, but it was closer than it needed to be. Well, at least it hit. I know uh, Charlie made a big bet on the under. He's in Vegas right now. He won't be joining us this week on the podcast, but uh, he's in Vegas right now. He bet, I think it was $160 on the under. So I bet he was sweating it out there, and it wasn't due to the, the weather in the desert. He's looking at sites for the Oakland A's new stadium. Oh, oh, he's not there for the tie rushing wedding. He's there for ah. Uh, well, part of that's kind of his excuse, but part of it's some you know, sponsorship opportunities. So. Yep. Hey, that makes sense. There's plenty of sponsorships to go around in Vegas, and hopefully he's yeah. having a, a good time and he's at least made a little money thanks to Iowa football. Uh, <laughs> shall we start with the, the the good story of the week? Sure. All right. Well, I mean, I, I guess I would. I mean, it's the feel-good story of the NFL right now. Quite frankly, it's Josh Jobs. Um, I was all ready to come in here uh, and just be excited and talk with you about a blowout Vikings win. How about like Josh Jobs and the offense and how great they look? T.J. Hawkinson with bad ribs and all getting just crushed on like every catch he's making. He's obviously. Uh, doubled over in pain, but he makes 10 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown in the first half, and the Vikings are rolling 24-3, and they get up 27-3 in the third quarter. It's like, everything's great, and all of a sudden, Derek Carr gets injured, and Jameis Winston, uh, uh, crab, you know, apparently he's available now. He's not stealing crab uh, legs at the local Cub Foods or Hy-Vee there. Um, he comes in, and like, everything's gonna be fine, and then it wasn't. The Vikings, I won't say hung on for dear life, because it's not like they would have lost in regulation, but they beat the Saints 27-19, to and I am, while I am very happy with what Josh Dobbs has done through two games with the Vikings, he has completed over 400 yards, uh, and has rushed for over 100 yards uh, with no interceptions, no one in NFL history has ever done that in the first two games with their with their uh, club. So that's with their new team. So that's very good. But I'm disappointed in the way the second half played out. Um, I was disappointed that the offense appeared to have gone very conservative. That's not what you need. Greg Joseph misses another field goal. Thought there were there were some questionable uh, spotting by the officials on a couple of balls there. Uh, you know, Nick Munt had one, uh, Josh Dobbs, uh, I thought it picked up a first down. And then earlier in the third quarter, uh, there was a bad challenge by Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings do survive the two touchdowns. The Saints scored. I think a very like indefensible, um, Play, like the Vikings did everything they could on those two plays, and they were just perfect throws. Really, nothing you can do about that. They do get a couple picks from Winston. Had to survive a hail mary at the end, but I left that game thinking, "Oh, what could have been?" 
It's like, yes, they do get a win with Dobbs. They're competitive. They did a great job against this good Saints defense. And yet it's like, can we please just win by double digits against a, a decent team? Nope. Nope. Can't do that. We're 27 to 3 in the third quarter. Yep. And then Melissa is there, and I'm like, we got this one in the bay. This, this one, good. Finally. Finally. <laughs> like, no, they'll come back. They'll find a way to blow it. I'm like, all right. And they did. So, yeah, it's just, you know, first half was as good as they played in years. Yep. Second half was. It was a bunch of nothing. So, yeah, just the way it always is, the way it's been for years now. So, I was Ty Chandler needs to be this team's number one running back. I was just going to say it. Yep, he absolutely yeah. needs to. So he's got to do that. And Wanu, and I know he's been hurt, but you got to give him a shot, too. These. these Guys have been on the roster now for years. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right. We've seen Madison. He's, he's fine for what he does. But Madison's catching the ball out of the backfield a lot better yeah. than he did earlier in the season, but he can't run. He, he cannot run behind yeah. that offensive line. He's just not fast enough. They're not built for the – he's not built for the zone blocking, the, the zone run scheme that they apparently have. Ty Chandler is. That touchdown I, – I, I'm not a huge fan of the direct snap uh, – like shotgun, you know, at the two-yard line or whatever, and I thought that was going to get blown up in their face. But, boy, Christian Derrissaw out there went – as soon as Derrissaw was out there and blocking his guy, I said, okay, that's a good play. That's a touchdown right there. I mean, you could have driven a semi through that. Uh, it's important to note K.J. Osborne not playing in this one. Um, Justin Jefferson wasn't playing in this one. Uh, Jefferson may be back for the game against Denver here this Sunday night. Uh, but Dobbs is fun to watch his, uh, I mean, the way he's able to scramble and get out of potential sacks, it's something that Kirk Cousins never would have gotten done. His rushing touchdown was great. And I really thought, and I don't know if, if you felt the same way when you're watching it, but there was like a, a whole different level of excitement from the crowd. You could just tell from the TV, they were loud. They were like Dobbs is all you know become like such of a like cult hero or something. So you could just tell that the the whole stadium was really amped up even more so than you know the Chiefs game, the 49ers game, any game previous, you know, this year. It was just a whole different level. And part of it could be the Saints. We all hate the Saints for obvious yeah. reasons. But it just felt, at least coming from the TV, it felt different on there. And I think the way Dobbs has exploded onto the scene here in the story and just, you know, it, 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 that's the way it felt to me. Did it feel the same to you? Like, I was more excited. I didn't really pay attention to the crowd. I was, when we scored that rushing touchdown, I was excited. Oh, yeah, that was a great little run. And that's the thing that misses, that you're missing from Kirk Cousins and, we all ask, well, what, what is missing from him? And obviously it's his movement in the pocket, talking that he just doesn't have. Because the stats are good, but they don't win as many games as he think. And it's like this mystery of what what is missing here? What don't people like and this and that? And mm-hmm. From a football aspect, it's that ability to run. Yep. It's that ability to extend a play. It's that ability to score a rushing touchdown. Every once in a while. And... 
not all quarterbacks can do that, but pretty much all of them now. Like, you look at the five best quarterbacks going, mm-hmm. all of them can run. Mm-hmm. Mahomes. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Yes. Well, I mean, just, just go down the list. And if you can't run, at least you can move a little bit. Joe Burrow. Can move, at least move around a little bit. To Tom, Tommy DeVito is a guy to come to mind, right? Tommy DeVito? <laughs> Tommy DeVito's great as a fucking bag boy at the local IV or whatever the fuck he's going to be doing. He's living with his parents, saving money. That's what he's doing. His mom makes his bed for for him for crying out loud and does his laundry. Come on, Tommy. Times are tough. Times are tough. So I guess the ability to extend the play, and when the play breaks down, you must love TJ Hawkinson because he got a lot lot of catches. Mm Mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was good defense. Defense has been a lot better since the last first three games of the year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they played the Bears, they played the Packers, but they held those teams to, what, 10, 14 points, whatever it was. So, you like what you see there. They need to come up with stop after stop after stop at the end. And, like I said, like, when you don't have a running game, you can't, you can't close games out. You're not going to go on a five-yard or five-minute drive. So, all right, we're going to pick up three first downs here run the clock, make sure the other team doesn't get the ball back. And Obviously, they've been in that spot a couple times now, and they haven't been able to do that. So, they keep winning. Like, I don't know at this point what team is going to jump them for, for the playoffs because you've got all of this just crap, like Washington and Tampa and Atlanta, just this four and five bunch of junk. Mm-hmm. Well, I what they got to... <sighs> Or Broncos, Bears, Raiders, some combination of that. And yeah, it, Bron- Broncos, Bears, bye week, then Raiders. Raiders are maybe a little more difficult now. No, based no, on, I mean, no, are, okay, I, I should say this. They have a different swagger about them. I still don't yeah. think they're a very good team. I think the Vikings will go in and win that game. But they should win all of these games. If you go yes. two and one, you're sitting at, what, eight and five? Yes. So, you know, you feel like maybe nine wins could do it. We'll see. Isn't that what I... I said that, though, at the beginning. Like, even when they were 0-3, I said you got to get through this stretch at, like, no worse than 2-4 or 2-5 through seven games because the next six are very winnable. And I'm with you you now on the Detroit Lions, I think. Like, the L.A. Chargers, for the love of God, can you play some defense? Like, even just a little bit would be very helpful at home. They let Detroit just go up and down the field against them. That was the one game that I that the Vikings really needed because the Lions' next stretch of games is like what the Vikings are currently in the midst of. of find the opponent that they're going to lose to. Because I can't. I would say the... the maybe it's the Saints in a couple of weeks or three weeks when they have to go to New Orleans... But you have the Bears, you have the Packers, you have the Bears again, and the Saints. Uh, the Broncos are in the middle there before you get to the, the last three games where it's Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So it, the, the, the Vikings still have hopes of the division, but it's very oh, unlikely man. at this point. I'm just saying that, like, mathematically speaking, that if oh. they still have a shot, but had the Lions lost, they would have... They would have only been one game back, one and a half games back, and you're thinking, okay, things are still, you know, still have the potential to work themselves out here. But now I just don't see that. I and I kind of agree with you. I think the Lions are in line potentially for that one seed. 
because of the schedules coming up for the Eagles with the, you know for the 49ers. So I'm not I don't I still don't think the Lions are the best team in the NFC. I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl, but the way the schedule has lined up for them, they got by what I would deem their to be their most difficult test here in the next month, month and a half before they get to the Vikings in week 15. I think they're the best team. I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Yep. They're, they're deep in. One thing that's, you know, Chargers kind of ran it up on them there a bit. And, you know, they got blown out by Baltimore. But they don't have to play those teams. So, you know, their offense has always been pretty good. But their defense, you know, is better. This needs to, needs to keep getting better. But, yeah, you've got some more winnable games here. And, yeah, yeah, Dobbs is doing well, but that second half was just terrible. So and hopefully that there will not be a repeat of that Sunday night football. I originally, you know, I went through the schedule and stuff at the beginning of the year, and I picked um, the I, I picked the Vikings to lose at Denver, but that was assuming Denver was somewhat decent. We'll see if I mean I get they just beat the Chiefs, but I yeah I, I'm still not sold on Denver. It is worth noting, though, uh, just pertaining to the Vikings, and you're looking at the wild cards and whatnot. And right now, the Seahawks are six and three. The Cowboys are six and three. I, I think the 49ers are going to win the division. But you look at the schedule that the Cowboys and the Seahawks have here coming up. Cowboys, a couple of easy games here. They're at Carolina this week. That's an easy W. Home against Washington on Thanksgiving. That can all, that can be a challenging game. Washington's a little better than I thought they would be. Sam Howell throwing the ball down the field, you know, at ease at times. But I think Dallas wins that one. So you get to eight and three. But then this is the stretch that the Cowboys have that I really think the next five games that the Vikings could theoretically make a run and jump over them. Here's the here's after Thanksgiving for the Cowboys. Home against Seattle. On a Thursday night. Home against Philadelphia. Sunday night football. At Buffalo. At Miami. Home against Detroit. I think they get, get through that stretch 3-2. and two, At best. At best. So then you're looking at that as what? 10-6? and six, Maybe? Yeah. Um, I mean not... Or 11-5. and five. So... I mean, it's not out of the realm, but also then, Seattle's schedule is not that easy either. They have, uh, they're at the Rams this week, but then they host San Francisco on Thanksgiving. I think they lose that one. They're at Dallas uh, the following Thursday. They, they could lose that one. They're at San Francisco, home to Philadelphia. Their last three games are fairly easy, but that's a very difficult four-game stretch for Seattle. So... If the Vikings can keep stringing together these wins over the next few weeks, you could see them jump up in the standings for the wild card, and that would mean they would likely have to face... Um, you know, I mean, if they could get to the five seed and have to play the Saints, that would be great. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I, just, I, I think we should all just enjoy what Dobbs is doing with the Vikings, and also... Kevin O'Connell's got to be mentioned here for Coach of the Year. I get what D'Amico Ryans is doing in Houston, uh, and he's probably the the front runner at this point. But 
boy, to navigate through all these injuries, the 0-3 start, uh, and, you know, with the quarterback issues and just what he's doing with Dobbs, I mean, it's pretty incredible stuff. Yeah, I don't like it, Coach Connell, as much. Yeah, just, just make the playoffs, you know, at this point. Right here, I see this. Schefter and McAfee discuss whether Dobbs has a long-term home in Minnesota. Played two games. He's looked like shit for half of it. Like, people just, like, don't even consider, like, the second. Oh, he did great because he's not supposed to do well at all. Wouldn't you like that scrambling ability, though? I think there's. I think honestly, I think there's a real chance they sign him in the off season. Be a backup. Yeah. No, and I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm. That's. What I'm saying. I think you go in. I think there's a real chance next year that the three quarter that the Vikings have three quarterbacks on the roster. It's Kirk Cousins, Josh Dobbs, and Jaron Hall. I really think that's. They get rid of Nick Mullins. Get rid of Sean Mannion. We don't need them. Just discard them. Get him out of here. Move on from Cousins. Let him go. Let him go. He was thriving this year, though. Well, I'm, I'm so tired of watching football. Like, enough. Enough. And then this guy comes in. Like, oh, yeah. This random backup comes in. And again, like, we'll see how it plays out. But he's doing just as good as Cousins. It's like, yes. Cousins was good. This guy also good. Jared Hall. For the quarter he was in, they're also good. Mm-hmm. Like whoever you put in there should be pretty good outside of Zach Wilson and Justin Field. Like, yeah, whoever you put in there, Case Keenum, good. Randall Cunningham making cabinets in Vegas, good. Great. Like, it, it, it continues a long line of random quarterbacks who have come in and, oh, Christ, look at him go. And this despite the injuries. Yeah. So, I just I, I hope it's it's very weird that the Vikings are five and zero without Jefferson. I hope that it doesn't, uh, you know, that they don't lose right away. And then you know the talk is, oh, is Jefferson hurt in the I offense? Tell you, I mentioned it a couple. I mentioned yeah, it. I, I know. Like, what does that say though? That like the offense, thirty-one points against Atlanta, twenty-seven against the Saints. Like they, they don't. It's nice to have him. He's been unbelievable. I think it says the has it mattered. Like what does he bring to the table then if, if okay, we don't have the quarterback, we don't have the receiver. We're doing this with a bunch of practice squad guys at this point. I think it says the like when okay, so let me let's go back to the early two thousands. Let's say the Vikings got rid of Randy Moss because they were trying to force the ball down to him too much. Would you have been uh-huh. in favor of that? No. Okay. So, I think what the Vikings may have to do well, here is just... They change. did that. He was there, what, six years? And then they got rid of him. And all right, we're done. We're maybe, maybe seven. Like, all right, we're done with you, too. And he had plenty of good years left. Right. Right. But that was... So that, was that was a bad decision. I'm, what I'm saying, though, is they forced the ball to Randy Moss the whole time. I think if you don't try and force the ball to Jefferson... I think, you know, with everyone that's kind of stepped up here with the way Osborne had stepped up, Addison for sure, Hawkinson, uh, we're seeing Brandon Powell make some big catches here. That can take some of the pressure off of Jefferson, so now you don't have to, 
Like, even if they do, if he does draw double coverage, you don't need to force it in there. You're like, okay, I have confidence in my other guys here. And I do think that even if he comes back and plays against the Broncos this week, it's going to take some time for him to develop that chemistry with Dobbs because he's had now a couple of weeks or a couple of games, you know, a full week of practice last week with Hawkinson, with Addison. He's got more chemistry with these guys right now. It might take a little bit of time for Jefferson. So let's not necessarily force him back in there. It's going to be very interesting. I just, I hope that they don't, just because Jefferson is in now, they, they force the ball into him. Let let everything come organically and naturally because he's obviously a weapon. He makes the offense better, but don't force it to him like the Randy ratio from years back. I don't think force it to him because teams don't defend him. Like he's just, yeah, we, we, we see these games, and oh, there's Jefferson. Nobody's within 10 yards of him. How do he get loose? Mm hmm. And then Dobbs, a lot of these guys are just wide open here. Look at them. They're wide open. Like, who's on this guy? And it's yeah. nobody. So, no, it's, it's nice to have Jefferson, but you want to spend that money on him, but you can spend it on somebody else or some, some somewhere else. Yeah. And are you, are you a, any better or any worse off without him? Say, so, oh, how do they do this without him? Like, Nobody's really been bringing that up. Oh, yeah, Jefferson's been out the last five games, and they haven't lost. Nobody said, wait a minute. Well, fuck, they, they should have lost all these games without Justin Jefferson, without Kirk Cousins. They should have lost all of them. Well, no, they won well, all these games. But, again, part of, that is, part of that is the schedule. I guarantee you that if they lost him week one and they had to go through the stretch of it couldn't have been any worse. They were one of four. No, I, I they started winning games with him out. I know, but that's what I'm saying is that the schedule, the it, it's more the the schedule because they had a very difficult seven games to begin with. I but was it difficult though? Yes. Tampa Bay is going to finish with. They, they're they're they've struggled here lately, but Phillies Phillies good. The Chargers. Are hanging with in the people. playoffs. Carolina's awful. Car- yeah, Carolina's the the one exception. But the you got the Bears are terrible. They barely beat the Bears. Kansas City though, really good. And that's where Jefferson got hurt. All I'm saying is that, like they they hit their easy stretch of the season here, where you could maybe withhold, you know, not having Jefferson. Like these are games they should win. And that's what I had said at the beginning, but what well, I every game. I mean, just you know, it's when you can't beat anybody by you know more than a touchdown. It's just you know every every game is a struggle. Every game is a. I, I don't take them seriously because it's like all right, this this Broncos game. Broncos are like a point point and a half favorite. So yeah, this game's going to come down to the end. Somebody's going to and they're going to play the Bears. Maybe they can beat the Bears. Maybe mm-hmm. Justin Fields is back by that point. At at the at the Raiders, that game's going to come down to the end. At Cincinnati, that game's going to come down to the end. It's like if you're doing that every week, then you're not, you know, you're not a serious contender for anything. But they're doing well with backup after backup after backup. So that's good to see. But it's the same. It's like it's it's like no matter who plays for them, it's the same 
Right. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, let me get, take away your top three. That's what disappointed me so much. Take away your top two receiver. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it'll be a three, four, six, seven-point game at the end. And And that's what disappointed me so much about the second half is that this was a chance to really, you know, put the pedal to the metal. And, and, you know, I think if Jefferson makes – or not Jefferson. If Joseph makes that field goal, you go up by 11, everyone feels a lot better. And it's just like, ugh, can they – or no, it would have been up by 19 at that point. It's just been like, okay, yeah. we, like we feel feel good about where we're at. You, you, you gotta you, you gotta eliminate those little mistakes. Elsewhere in the NFL, uh, Frankfurt, Germany had a dud of a game, 10-6. Colts beat the Patriots. Ugh. How about the Houston Texans going into the jungle and beating the Bengals 30 to 27? CJ Stroud another strong day. For him, he leads the Texans on a game-winning uh, drive that resulted in a game-winning field goal to end the game with no time remaining. How about at the NFL in general? Five games on Sunday ended with game-winning field goals with no time remaining. That's pretty remarkable, including the Browns, who go into Baltimore. They throw a pick six in the first 40 seconds. They trail the whole game after that. They're down by 14 points going into the fourth quarter, or in the fourth quarter, and yet... They win with a game-winning field goal at the end, 33-31. They're very much alive in the AFC North. The AFC North is incredibly difficult. You have the Browns at uh, what? They're six and three. Uh, the, the Ravens are seven and three. The Steelers are six and three, but they've been outgained in every game so far this year. No team has ever done that and had a winning record and yet the Steelers are six and three and you have the Bengals at five and four. This AFC North is absolutely bananas and I'm here for it. Like this is this is wild what's going on there. Yeah the Bengals they may not even make the playoffs at this rate. Right. They're going. And you know Pittsburgh's terrible. They are and <laughs> they are. I don't know how they're their, their defense must be pretty good because Kenny Pickett sucks. It's like, you look at the top 10 of the drafts, like all of those teams should and need a quarterback. So this is the year where there's probably going to be, what, six quarterbacks in the first round? Mm-hmm. Like everybody's going to need one, and there are plenty to pick from. So, yeah, Pittsburgh, that's no good. And you kind of look at the Giants. I mean, unlike the NFC, where it's like, all right, there's a definite line between the Vikings and everybody else for that last spot. But mm-hmm. like, we go all the way down to the Jets at four and five. They're what two games back of the Browns. Yeah, and the Jets have some winnable games, but I mean, they're not going to do anything. But you've got eight teams going for like two spots here. You know, it's just a, a big old mess. You know, mm-hmm. Buffalo. I don't you know. I don't think Buffalo's making the playoffs. Cincinnati's definitely that guarantee they're making the playoffs. So the way the Raiders are are winning some games right now. So it's well. All of a sudden, you look at this Thursday night matchup here coming up in Week Eleven on Prime Video. It's Bengals at Ravens. Both teams coming off of a loss that neither team, quite frankly, should have lost. I mean, if you look right now, the Texans are in control of a wild card spot right now in the AFC. Who would have ever thought that at the beginning of the year? I'm looking right now at what I predicted for each AFC North team. Do, uh, do you want me to... to sure. All right. Pick the Bengals at 13-4. and four. Still plausible, unlikely, they would have to win their final eight games of the year. 
I don't think it's going to happen. No. But we'll see. But 13 and 4. Then I had the Pittsburgh Steelers at 11 and 6. And then I have both the Ravens and the Browns at 10 and 7. So I picked the entire AFC North to have double digit wins. And they're projected for that right now. Now, in what order? We don't know. Uh, Baltimore certainly appears to be the best team, but you really can't discount what Cleveland's doing. Cleveland plays Pittsburgh this week, so it's likely Pittsburgh will drop to 6-4. and four. But, I mean, this is just a, a kind of astounding how the AFC North is is looking right now. And I really think you could see, I, I think you will see all four teams with double-digit wins at the end of the year. I'm going to say Pittsburgh misses out on the playoffs. Yes. Maybe, yeah, maybe you know, Cleveland might make it. I'd say they may probably make three of them get in, maybe. So, maybe only get two. Who knows? Maybe Houston and Jackson will both get it at this point. That I don't feel crazy. like maybe two coming out of the East, one coming out of the West. The Browns have a very manageable schedule here. Steelers this week at Denver. At the Rams, home against Jacksonville, that'll be a tough one. Home against the Bears, that won't be. At Houston, that all of a sudden looks like a major game. Home against the Jets, we'll see if Aaron Rodgers is coming back for that one or not. And then at the Bengals, we'll see if that matters at all. Pittsburgh has uh, at Cleveland this week, then home against Arizona, home against the Patriots, and at Indianapolis. Their final three games are against the Bengals, Seahawks, and Ravens. I don't think they, I think they lose all three of those games. But the Browns? I, I think they lose against the Browns. Oh, and they're at Cincinnati. I'm sorry after that. I'm sorry. I, I, uh, the Steelers, I think, will lose against the Browns and Bengals. Then they have a three-game stretch where they are home against Arizona, home against New England, and at Indianapolis. They win those next three games. And then the final three games are against Cincinnati, then at Seattle, and at Baltimore. That's a pretty difficult stretch to close the season out for Pittsburgh. I don't know if they... Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't think Pittsburgh's making it. Yeah. <clears throat> you look at Houston. Houston has the Cardinals this week at home. Yep. They're at home for that three weeks. Yep. Houston, or they got Arizona, Jacksonville, Denver. Yep. And they already yeah. beat yeah. Jacksonville once this year in Jacksonville. Uh, they won by twenty in that game. So Jacksonville, like the the Texans for the Jaguars, are kind of their boogeyman. Will the Texans win out? No. Can they beat the beat the Cardinals this week? Yes. They beat Jacksonville next week. I think they lose to Jacksonville. They beat the Denver Broncos. They'll, they'll beat Den, They'll beat Denver. Yep. They're at the Jets. <sighs> I want to pick the Jets. Points. If you can score ten points, you'll win. Yeah. Yep. Okay. We'll go with the win there. They got two games against the Titans because the NFL uses a stupid fucking system to come up with their schedule. Mm-hmm. So they'll play the Titans two times in 15 days. Yep. Then they got the Browns. So we could uh, Houston Texans. Yeah, the quarterbacks outstanding. So there's talk <laughs> that C.J. Stroud, in addition to him being the offensive rookie of the year, he's that he's in the MVP discussion. I, yeah. I kind of I, I can see it. He's only thrown two picks this year. It's very impressive what he's doing, Mario. Bryce Young was kind of all right to go Bryce Young. And then C.J. Stroud was like, well, Ohio State quarterbacks, Big Ten quarterbacks are not good. 
Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they traded up for him. So it's like you're trading up for this guy. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's better than anybody anybody would have thought. So. Yes. Yeah. He's been been outstanding uh, for them. So uh, 49ers crushed Jacksonville. That's not entirely unexpected. It's not good. Is that like a possibility where... Like he just isn't good. I, I don't think he's, like, he's not living up to the number one overall pick. Um, I, like, this was the year, you know, when they got Calvin Ridley back, didn't they? Yep, yep, they got Calvin yeah, Ridley. This was, like, Jacksonville's a popular AFC championship game pick, and they almost beat the Chiefs last year. Nine games in, he's got nine touchdowns and six interceptions. I think the... Emergence of Travis Etienne is something that not a lot of people saw happening. Travis Etienne has really taken over games, and I think that has taken away some of the pressure that Trevor Lawrence has needed to throw the ball down the field because they're able to run the ball as well as they have been. That's that's just I I, I that's what I think is going on uh, because you're right. I mean they have Evan Ingram, they have Christian Kirk, they have Calvin Ridley. He should be producing far better numbers than what he has right now. Uh, I know nobody mentions anything because they're winning games, but it's like yeah, he's not been he's not a top ten quarterback certainly, and top fifteen you're like. Eh. Maybe, but that's, that's that's not guaranteed. Would you say they're winning games in spite of him, though? I wouldn't. He's not helping. They're not winning because of him. I'll say that. They're not winning because sure. of him. Sure, I think that's fair. I the th- uh, no, you're, I need more from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is year three. You should be. You should be up. I mean. Like we're talking about a rookie quarterback having a an MVP year. It's like yeah, Mahomes isn't. Having his usual year, mm-hmm. Tua would probably win it at this point. And you're looking at, well, maybe Tyreek Hill and maybe some other non-quarterbacks. Would uh, This is the year for them. Probably not. But yeah, it's not a good year for, for quarterbacks. Not a good year for MVP type type level guys. So you're kind of stretching. Like, yeah, maybe we give it to this guy. Well, I mean, A.J. Brown's got to be in the discussion. Um how about how about a guy gets no goddamn respect? Okay. Jared Goff. Yeah. Yep. What what the hell are the Lions? What what is their record? These last 18 20 games. 15 and 4 uh over the last 19 games. What are they? 15 and 4. 15 and 4. Yep. They started last year and they're 7 and 2 this year. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff. Yeah, I would uh, put put his name in the uh, in the running here. Is he uh, Charger Lions was one of the better games of the year? Yes. I mean, right now you'd probably say Dolphins Chargers maybe the game of the year, and mm-hmm. this one was this one was up there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean they got what two great running backs now. They've gotten uh, Jameer Gibbs has finally showed up. Yep. So yeah, yeah. Uh, let, okay, I want to. I'm just. I want to pull up Jared Goff's stats this year because you're right. I think he. I mean, and he's a guy that was chastised much because he was in that draft class with Carson Wentz, and you know, people were like, "Oh, Jared Goff's not that good," and he did okay with the Rams. 
Um, they had f- 14 touchdowns. Uh, 14 touchdowns for Jared Goff and five picks. I'll let you uh, spout off on the Lions quick. Uh, the Noah's calling me, so you just uh, you 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 you. Sure. I'll talk about the angle on Dave. You talked about Jared Goff. You mentioned you know 14 touchdowns, five interceptions here. At the halfway point, he is he's third in yards, 2,500 yards. He's fourth in yards to 2,500. Uh, his completion percentage, sure as he at here. Ninth in completion percentage, 68%, tied with four other guys. He's tied with Mahomes and Hurts for mm-hmm. completion percentage. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you got for quarterback rating? He's like in that top ten, number nine. So you're there. You know, Brock Purdy had a, had a had a rough run, but he his stats look good. Mm-hmm. So yep. I think you give it to. You give it to Tua right now as long as his brain doesn't scramble. Yep. So. I, 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 yeah, Hurts and Mahomes, I don't think they're in the mix anymore unless they got something going on here. So, um, what, what if this is, you know, what if, what if the Vikings win out? What is Josh Dobbs? He probably won't win it, but, I mean, he would certainly get votes. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it depends on the stats. It really does. Like, if he just does what he did last game, you know, throw for 220 yards and run for 40. and If he if he has, like, one passing touchdown and one rushing touchdown a game, if he doesn't turn the ball over, I don't care, like, if he... Yeah, I think if you can average, like, 270 all-purpose yards, I'm okay with that if you're winning. Yeah, so... And not turning the ball over. That's the critical part, too. They won the turnover battle against New Orleans 2 to nothing. You know, Stack, and you know what is going to happen. I know. As we sit here yep. Yep. in the middle of November, looking at two months from now when they play the Eagles in the playoffs. Oh, God. There will be a Alexander Madison fumble at the 10-yard line. Yeah, it'll be the Adrian Peterson. Oh, yeah, this is the thing that didn't happen all year. They finally fixed their fumbling issues. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, there it comes again. Yeah, that's that's the way this ends. Six uh, six fumbles. Didn't AP have six fumbles in that NFC Championship game? They had had like at least three. Probably had, had five turnovers as a team. Yikes. Or, or Dobbs doesn't turn it over at all, and then he finally throws an interception. Yeah. Well, he's already had two fumbles on the year, but that's, you know, just getting in the swing of things. I just like that he's able to scramble. It's a lot of fun. So, My God, we have, what a what a missing link. A quarterback that can goddamn move. Like, thank you. Extending the play, running, not taking a sack every guy. That's, that's the frustrating thing about the other guy. It's like, yeah, he can, he can move a little bit. Thank God. So. This week, uh, week 11 coming up here, the, the game of the week by far is Philadelphia at Kansas City, Monday Night Football. That's going to be a heck of a game. We know the stat about how great Andy Reid's teams are coming off of the bye. Dallas uh, Goddard won't be playing for the Eagles, so I think the Chiefs win that game. That is the game of the week, bar none. Monday night. They got, finally got a good one. Yep. Uh, there's really not a lot of great games. Jets-Bills now in the late afternoon window, 325. Not great. Um, you don't have to watch any of these games afternoon. Uh, right. 
Um, the the game of the I mean, you got Vikings Broncos Sunday night football. It's very interesting that they haven't flexed that they didn't flex out of that. We'll see if the Vikings Bears get flexed out on Monday night here in Week Twelve. Well, I mean, as long as the Vikings keep doing this, they're gonna. I, as long as Dobbs remains the story that I mean, for crying out loud, the NFL changed their Twitter uh, like top top part sure. of their page to Dobbs. Like well, it's the Dobbs effect. It's like okay. They, and I, I heard this on the Dan Levitard show, I believe. Uh, that that they, I mean, they bumped, and it's a good point. Dobbs bumped Taylor Swift. Oh my God! Well, she can't go to the games anymore, thank God. So that's why. Uh, hey, her and uh, Travis Kelsey had a very passionate moment after oh her concert. It's very good. I think it solidified their relationship. She changed the so the bad. words in her song in her karma to the Chiefs include the Chiefs tight end. So uh, oh anyone who had any concerns about this being uh, you know fake and manufactured by the NFL, well, uh, go go to hell. And when you go to hell, when when you, speaking of hell, Art Bryles, those. Our weekend observations. Uh, Bengals, are they, Ravens. Are they together week one of next year? Yes. Yes. No no question about it in my mind. I, I really like Michael Jordan. I don't give a fuck who he's married to or who's going to. I wonder, there's nobody out there like, oh my God, this person's dating this person. Well, like, I, what about it? It's the dynamic. I mean... Ch- Travis Kelsey is such a, 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 a personality in the NFL. It's more who he's with that he's with Taylor Swift, who is by far like I think right now the most popular what? person it in was, the world. Who's the gymnast? Gabby. Oh, Simone, Simone Biles. Simone Biles. She was at a Packers game a couple weeks ago. We never hear a fucking thing about it. Yeah, the greatest yeah. gymnast there's ever been. That's, so she, she's dating some guy on the Packers? That's because Jonathan Owens, the defensive back for the Texans, well, he used to be on the Texans and now is in Green Bay. He's not very good. Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the game. Taylor Swift is the number one singer in the world. When is he? He's, he's what, 34? Yeah. They're, I think they're both 34. Right, get him out of here. Enough. Enough. It's crap. Steelers-Browns next week is a very good game, but after that, yeah, I mean, it's just bad until Monday night. So, um, enjoy, the, enjoy the Vikings game on Sunday. Okay. Uh, college Let me ask you, uh, yeah. one, one, little, one more point here. Yeah, yep. Veterans Day, and they went overboard with the veterans and this and that. And what game was it? Some, some, I forgot what game it was. Some game had a huge American flag, and it was in the shape of America. It oh, was in the shape the, of the United States. Is that the, that's not the first time they've done that before. Isn't that defacing a flag? Is that I, not a huge no-no? I mean, Chris, you have don't a great point the there. Flag, I, don't wear the flag as a fucking jacket. Yep. Don't wear the flag as pants. So right. let's cut up a goddamn American flag. To make it look like like the United States. Hey, I, you know what? I you make a valid point there. I think yeah, I've I've meant But no, they, they don't. And then you got dumb shit, Dabo Sweeney wearing army fatigues like they're yeah. in a fucking war. You play goddamn college football. Yeah. And I'm not you know big military, but I thought it was extremely disrespectful. Yeah, it's ironic, but isn't it? And wearing you can honor them. Yep. Do you have to wear military brown? Do you have to wear 
camouflage? Can you find another way to fake like you give a shit about these people when you, I mean, you really don't. Especially you after it's like no. Especially after Dabble went after Tyler from uh, South yeah. Carolina. He had he was in the military. I mean, that's that's you know, I don't know. It's kind of slap in the face. Nobody cares. Oh, big play, great. Well, yeah, they're not supposed to do that dumb shit. So, speaking of, let's go to college football. There's a lot of big news in college football, and it's kind of more off the field stuff. But let me let me just start out here by uh, telling Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson to go fuck off and go to hell. Whoa, whoa! I am telling you right now, fuck off, go to hell. Um, I am tired of that. Like, oh. Whoa, Michigan's getting screwed here, blah, blah, blah. You know what? They cheated. They weren't good at covering it up. They're getting, they're paying the price. Buck up and maybe, like, maybe say something like, hey, our university really screwed up here. They probably shouldn't have done this. Don't be like, well, this one happened in Kentucky and the SEC. Shut up. Like, just get off my television. I wanted to just just tackle Desmond Howard, and then I heard Charles Woodson complain. It just shut up. Just shut up and get off my television set. I am tired of all this nonsense. Jim Harbaugh has been suspended right, three game, three regular season games from the sideline, and I don't think that will be the extent of the punishment that's levied against Michigan. This came from the Big Ten on Friday, which, by the way, everyone's complaining about the the timing of it. It's because Michigan asked them to delay it for a day so that they could um, file a, a grievance or, like, respond back. So, like, this could have been done on Thursday, but no, Michigan asked for it to postpone a day. It's a, more of a punishment against the university. They just take it out on Harbaugh. He's responsible for the program. Pat Fitzgerald was responsible for what transpired at Northwestern. Jim Harbaugh is responsible for what transpires here at Michigan under his watch. This is not the end of it. There will be more. We'll see if... It, I know there's a court case, a court hearing uh, regarding whether or not he can be on the sideline here this uh, upcoming week or the week against uh, Ohio State. But this is not. This is just the beginning of the sanctions and the punishments because we'll see what the NCAA does. Uh, the Big Ten is getting uh, praised and also chastised for what they've done. I am absolutely okay with it. Uh, but to all those people who are saying, "Whoa, poor Michigan!" Shut up. Go to hell. Is this investigation done? No, it, I don't think it is. Well, not by the NCAA, and I don't know. I don't know by the Big Ten either, for sure yet. Uh, I would. And how can you suspend somebody if this thing isn't done? You don't know what happened. They don't know who was involved. They don't know how high it went. How can you suspend somebody when this thing isn't close to being done? This thing won't be done till fucking probably June. The Big The Big Ten, I think, may be done. The NCAA certainly isn't. Um. You have to do something because this is this effect. Like if okay, if Michigan were three and six right now, th four and six, whatever, five and six, this doesn't matter. It's the fact that they're undefeated and headed like in a great spot for the college football playoff. That's why action has to be taken because it's fra this is fraudulent if 
they are in the college football playoff without any resolution to this. You have to do something about it. That's, I think, why people are so upset about it. Why is Ryan Day not suspended? Because just because one school has uh, trying to... Why is Greg Schiano not suspended? Again, it's just Michigan saying, Hey, look over there. Other people are doing it. Look at this fire. This is just a small fire while our mansion is burning. They're trying to... It, 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 granted, yes, they, those guys should be suspended most likely if these allegations do improve, it do indeed prove to be true. But they're not. Ah, Michigan is just on a different level at this point, and Michigan is trying to blame others for their stupidity uh, and a not very stealth Marine here. So, my, my problem is the investigation isn't done. The Big Ten looks awful. Their commissioner looks like an idiot. But they would look awful if they didn't do anything either. Like, they're getting pressure from the ADs and... What if it comes out that Jim Harbaugh knew nothing about this? It doesn't matter. It falls under his watch. Just like Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Maybe the sexual, maybe the sexual allegations, the the assault, uh, sexual assault allegations. Maybe he didn't know any of that stuff. But guess what? He got fired because it fell under his watch. You're supposed to have control over the entire program. If you want to be the head coach, you want to be the CEO, you are responsible for your entire football program. And if you have some rogue guy doing it, and guess what? I mean, wouldn't you say, like, hey, Connor, how'd you get all of this information? Like, Why you need to go legal in- to go to a game and look at the other team? It's just—it's one of the NCAA bylaws. You—you you got it. You're by the bylaws. Baseball. Like you can be a scout for baseball. Like that's what they do in baseball. They are. Right, we're playing. We're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks in two weeks. They're in Kansas City this week, and I want Nathan Stacking to go down to Kansas City. Yep, I'll go down there. Watch, watch these three games of Arizona. Tell me what they do. Tell, look at this batter. Look at this pitcher. Give me some notes. Mm-hmm. That's legal. This is not. It's the manner in which... One one guy going to the game and looking at their signals, looking at their notes, or not their notes, but... Recording it? I'm just... If if it's against the rules... Then you look at what what Michigan accused these, these other teams of doing, which I feel is far worse or less... Less sportsmanlike, so this is a sportsman like clause. Yeah. Where Ohio State and Rutgers gave the Michigan signals to Purdue, which, you know, we mentioned last week, and I was just doesn't get mentioned at all in any of this. I have no idea why that's not. I think it's because there's not a lot of evidence. Again, it's not there's not a lot of evidence into that yet. There's so much a lot of evidence into this Michigan thing either. This has been been reported on for like the last two months. But but we don't have any concrete evidence of. Yeah, Coach Harbaugh said go there. Like we don't have any of it. Who told this guy to do this? Sure, it'll come out. No, we don't know anything. So how can you? How can they say, "All right, we're going to suspend you for this"? Well, what did I do? 
Well, we, I, it's, you know, we, I, I can't, we don't, we don't know. We're it's still ongoing. I have a hard time believing Jim Harbaugh didn't know anything. In fact, I think that would be the greatest, the biggest surprise out of all of this. But he is still responsible for everything in his football program. That's that's what that that's what the college football head coaches sign up for. So at any college, you know, like college basketball, you are responsible for everything in your program. It's regarding recruiting or whatever. You have to know the laws. Apparently, I'm not saying this is a valid. Like a bylaw, perhaps it needs to get rid uh, get rid of. But this is it against one of the NCAA bylaws. It's known. So why would you purposefully like di- like disobey or uh, disregard that rule? If you if you don't listen to the letter of the law, you're going to get punished for it. And given to be given con- since, since Connor Stallions came. To Michigan, he came the year after the the pandemic year, and Michigan was bad that year. They've only lost like four or five games since Connor Stallions came there. Oh, and they, the the sign stealing started then. Hmm, it's it's you could connect the dots on this pretty pretty easily. Do you think this is a big deal? Like this is a big advantage. I do, I do. Look at how if you are able to steal all of these. If you know what's coming, and you have a guy tell like, hey, they're gonna run it up the middle here, and like, yes, there's a reason why Michigan is winning all of these games by like 40 points. I think I think there's a big advantage, and this is why something needs to be done or needed to be done ahead of the the conference championship week and the college football playoff because there's a chance. Michigan shouldn't be in this because of the cheating. Like Lewis Riddick, he was on whatever show he was on last. And he said sign stealing was just, that's a normal part of advanced scouting. Like teams know what the signs are and all this stuff. So he doesn't think it's a big deal. Like they're stealing signal. Like, how many other teams does Alabama have a guy that does this? I don't know. Georgia. I would. I'm, I'm going to guess that this is not unique to Michigan. So the problem I have is it's the investigation is not over with. Number one. Mm-hmm. I think other teams do this just based on what Lewis Riddick says on like probably the NFL or whatever. But they haven't gotten caught. Michigan was stupid enough to get caught. I think somebody turned them in. Didn't Good. they? Or didn't Ohio State turn them in and say, hey, they're doing this. And then Michigan turns in Purdue, and then nothing gets done with that. Well, like, but okay, that was just, I, that was just last you week. That was down on sign stealing and, sh- and sign sharing? That, All right, here's an example. Purdue got her signals from Rutgers and Ohio State. But that was there just we reported last week. That, that was just yeah. reported last week. They could look into that here. But we know they're not going to. We know there's not going to be. How do we know that, though? We don't we know that. We know that. I mean, they're not going to suspend anybody. And then for them to suspend them on a Friday afternoon. Again, that's because Michigan asked, that Michigan asked them to delay it. By a day. I think probably delay it until after the season. 
Well, they they want to, but they said they, the, the Big Ten was supposed to dish out the punishment on Thursday, I believe, and there was a delay caused by Michigan that made the announcement go out on Friday. So it wasn't the Big Ten doing this. This was, again, Michigan forcing the... the Friday morning at 8 o'clock? I mean, they wait till, oh, let's wait till they're in the air. Let's wait until, like, I don't know, noon. They do it Thursday night? Because they've done it right, right away Friday. We're going to tell them right away Friday, 7, 8 a.m. Or they, you know what, we're not done with we got to put another couple hours on Let's do this. Again, it's Michigan, though. They're leaving at, leave at noon Friday. Oh, let's do it about 1 o'clock. Let's do about 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon. So I think the Big Ten looks awful. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look bad in this. Absolutely. The, the investigation is not done. Like, coaches who, like coaches never get suspended. When, what, what other coach has been suspended this year besides Harbaugh? Like, that never happens. And ultimately, if this is their penalty, they're like, yeah, sure, suspend our head coach. And he can still coach throughout the week. Well, right. That's why I think okay. this is just this is just the beginning. I don't think this is the end. This is just a temporary deal. I think there's more. There's more coming. There is. At least though, he still has a job right now. Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M does not. He got fired. Interestingly enough, after they beat Mississippi State fifty-one to ten, which by the way, Mississippi State then has subsequently fired their head coach. Uh, after 11 games, so like I don't know what the hell Mississippi State's doing. Not a good, not a good look for for them. But Jimbo Fisher gets fired because the the program is kind of stagnant or whatever, and uh, they, they were stuck in neutral. Word. That was a good word that they used. Yeah, they were stuck in. Stagnant. They were stuck in neutral. Apparently, that's what the AD said. That's a that's a quote. I just am curious on the timing of it because Texas A&M did get bowl eligible with the win against Mississippi State. You're coming off of a 51 to 10 win. Um, I just I, they're paying him now like 76 million dollars guaranteed. That's that's the buyout. I I think we can all agree that Jimbo Fisher probably deserved to get fired because he's not a very good head coach. Uh. Certainly not a good enough head coach for what he's getting paid. So congrats, I guess, you know, Texas A&M, they received a check for like $160 million at the football game on Saturday. Plenty of that money can go towards paying out Jimbo Fisher's buyout. I just question the timing of it, given that they're now bowl eligible, given that they just beat Mississippi State 51-10. to Again, it's, it's the timing for me that's just a little weird in all of this. About six years too late for me. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's well, true. Definitely, like you know, we've—they've been one of those teams. Oh, we're ranked in the—they were. What were they? I mean, they're, they're ranked in the top ten every year. It's like, why? Because the NFL talent has come out of Texas A&M because of the great the recruiting class. What I know—he's a—he's a recruiter. He's whatever he is. Mm-hmm. And this this did not work at all. He was five and six in his last year at Florida State, and they won a championship five years before that. It's been downhill since the COVID year. They were nine and one, and they reached the Orange Bowl. But they're just this eight and four team, eight and five. They're this eight win team every year that's in the middle of the pack. 
and they're paying him more money than anybody's ever been paid to do anything ever. Right. Right. And it's like, oh, Texas A&M, what about them? They're not relevant. They're not good. They're the sixth best team in the SEC. Good for you. Like, what? I don't know what they saw in him. I don't know what other people saw. It's like, yeah, Texas A&M. It's like, no, they didn't make a bowl game last year. Well, and, I th- you know, it's funny because they're talking a lot about, oh, I mean, Jameis Winston essentially kind of helped Jimbo good. Fisher because of the national championship. I don't know if – did Jimbo Fisher really make Jameis Winston? I don't – we don't really know. But, I mean, Texas A&M was like, okay, we got to be a big dog here in the SEC – and now you're just kind of going to be running the, the pack. In fact, come next year, Texas A&M isn't even going to be the best SEC team in the state of Texas. That will belong to the Texas Longhorns. So they're, they're just going to go more into irrelevancy, I think. At least Jimbo Fisher... Well, they can't get much worse. Right. I was just saying at least Jimbo Fisher, you would talk about Texas A&M, but now they are going to become... a. Mississippi State, uh, you know, post Mike Leach or pre Mike Leach, they're going to become a South Carolina, a Vanderbilt, heck, even like in most years, a Missouri. You're just not going to talk about Texas A&M because they're not relevant. We'll see who they hire. I'm going to guess that these schools do have money to pay the students because they're going to pay him a lot of money over the next decade. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, who, who do you want? Who do you... I have no idea. If, I, I, if, if money is no object, and they can get anybody they want. Act, okay, I did hear this again. I, I watched the Dan, the, the, the Dan Levitard show on YouTube. And apparently, I think I gotta look... Well, I'm gonna look this up here. Dan Campbell, I think, is from Texas A&M. That was a name that was floated out. Uh, I'm gonna say stay with the Lions. I mean, um, yeah. Who do you who do you who do you pick? Who knows? Um, Mike Elko. He's the head coach at yes, Duke. Yes, at Duke. Yep. He was a defensive coordinator for Texas A&M two years ago, and he's done well at Duke. Mm-hmm. So don't go after you know. Don't go after Urban Meyer. That's the don't name too. Don't go after these other stupid assholes, Lane Kiffin. Um, you know, I, I, would, I would go with the Duke guy. Why not? Um, I would go with Kalen DeBoer in Washington myself, but, hmm. you know. Yeah, you I don't know if he's going to move. I don't know if you he's going to You're losing Michael Penix. You've been there, what, two years? Yep. And Dan and Campbell did uh, play college. What is, the Fresno State. He's been on the West Coast, so. Dan Campbell did play at Texas A&M, so that is uh, that is legit. Yeah, but if I'm him, I'm saying, yeah, I, I don't think so. I'm not, uh, no. Right, but I'm still like, if he's one of those guys, though, if it doesn't pan out in college football, he could go back to the NFL. So I'm going to try to do something with the Lions here. So, I don't know who they get. I wouldn't spend a lot of money. I wouldn't give somebody $10 million a year. It hasn't been worth it out. It's just because you spend money doesn't mean it's going to work. Well, look at what Michigan State had to go through with Mel Tucker. Yeah. 
Like, be smart about it. And then they gave him, what, a $95 million 10-year deal at that's, Texas A&M yeah, two that, years ago because LSU opened up. Like, oh, we don't want him going to LSU. God forbid they hire him. I would have been, please, I'll, I'll set up the fucking interview for you. I'll drive you to the goddamn airport. And when you're on the way, I will pick your ass up. Uh, by all means, go to LSU. Here's a name for you. Let me throw this out here to you. All right, I'm going to ask. Got to remember this, this to ask Charlie next week. How about Ryan Day at Ohio State? Because right now, like there's yeah. there's a lot of pressure. There's some angst regarding Ryan Day apparently at Ohio State. Not very appreciated. Ryan Day could do a lot of things at Texas A&M. I think that's a name to consider too. I would say at Ohio State. I would. I'm just saying, like that's a that's a potential name. I mean, the Ohio State. That's a that's a difficult program to keep people happy. So, well, they're stupid. I guess Christ, they're number one for God's sakes. Yeah. A bad year for them is eleven and two. Right. <laughs> hey, just, just don't hire. Just don't go nuts. You know, go uh, hire somebody that's good. You don't got to spend a bunch of money. Who's who's the dumb shit that's at Florida now? What's his name? Oh, uh, Billy Napier. Oh, Billy Napier going to, oh, he's going to turn that, no, no, he's about one year away from getting fired. How's Lincoln Riley doing? This year's worse than last year. Pretty bad. Could you find somebody, who's the best defensive coordinator out there? Here's $3 million. Please, for fuck's sakes, help my team stop goddamn something or somebody. It's like, all you got to do is not score, give up 30 points. You'd fucking be undefeated if you could just not score give up 30 points a game, but no, every week. And then Oregon, I, I, saw, I saw the first half, I went to bed, and then I saw Dan Lanning say, oh yeah, Bo Nix, Heisman front runner, and who he might win the whole thing. Yeah, he's got but, a point. Oh yeah, they just beat the shit out of USC in that second. They must have fucking beat him by 3 4 They probably put up 55 points. I checked my phone, they beat him by like 9. Was it 36, 20, 27? Yeah, like, yeah, it was 36, 27. But in the that game, was, like, or, or uh, USC scored a late touchdown. Um, you only score 36 against USC. Like, that is all you could score. Like, yeah. oh, great performance. You won by nine. Yeah, um, but here we yeah, go. He really, really showed him. He was 23 of 31. For, he was 23 of 31 for 412 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, you're playing the worst defense fucking we've seen in, in, in quite some time. But he's like Bo Nix is putting up some legit stats here. I think, I mean, he's playing outstanding football right now. Him and Michael Penix. I think he's playing a little better football right now than Michael Penix, uh, Jr. You look at uh, Bo Nix's stats right now. Winner of the Pac-12, probably. Three thousand one hundred thirty-five yards passing, twenty-nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Those that's nothing to scoff at. Uh, that's a seventy-seven point seven percent completion percentage. He also has. I'm trying to check the rushing here. He's got. Uh, let's see. Let's see what he's got rushing. He's got at least four touchdowns on the ground. I feel like he doesn't run that much. You know, he probably should rush a little bit more. Uh, this year he's run less than he has any time before, 
But that may be by design because he got hurt last year. Remember, he had that hurt ankle. Otherwise, Oregon may have been in the college football playoff. This year, he's rushed 38 times for 121 yards and five touchdowns. But in his career, five, granted, he's in year five right now. He has rushed for 1,500 yards and 37 touchdowns. He rushed for a career high 510 yards last year on 89 carries. But this year, he is throwing the ball so much better. Last year, he had 29 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Again, granted, he did get hurt against Washington in what is it, the second to last game of the year, third to last game of the year, something like that, and he had 3,593 yards. But this year, I mean, he's matching exactly what he's done. And this is, I think, another good stat for Bo Nix. He's only been sacked four times this year. Last year, he was sacked five times. But his rating this year is so much higher. So same number of touchdowns. He's cut down on the interceptions. Um, yeah, I, like, this is, he's legit. He, he is very legit. Um and I, I, I would suggest, like, ratings, because none of them make any sense. Nobody knows, like, oh, he's got a rating of 212. Like, it sounds good. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's like, make it out of 100 so people can understand. Well, you, what could, the hell is this? you could go the same thing for any stat in baseball with the analytics. Well, and the, the opposite of baseball, because yeah. it's based on a baseline of 100. So if somebody has an ERA plus of 150... I automatically know that's fifty percent better than average. They don't say, "Oh, I got a OPS of one point six seven five. Like, what the hell does that mean? Like, no. You have a OPS plus of eighty eight. That means it's twelve percent worse than average. Here, you got quarterbacks. Yeah, quarterback ratings hundred and seventy eight. I agree that the ratings are are wonky and need like, to be adjusted. Well, NFL 158.3. How do you... I mean, sometimes, yeah, none of it makes sense. I agree. I agree. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's wonky. But uh, he's playing outstanding football right now. Washington got a big win against Utah despite a uh, stupid guy dropping the football on a pick six right before, like, before he crosses the end zone. Has no one learned from Deshaun Jackson? How are they this... That was fucking like a dozen years ago now. I know. How are they... How is this... This is South Dakota State and ESPN. This will never end. I I just don't... think it's over with? Like, no, I'm going to place this football at the fucking one-yard line. No, I don't want to go. Nope. And we've seen this countless times since Deshaun Jackson, but he was the first one that really brought it to full relevancy. How do people still do this? This just doesn't make sense. It, it's ridiculous. How would this, I, Marcus said to me if, if he was the coach, he'd cut your goddamn scholarship. Like, this, this will not happen. And that almost, yep. almost cost them the game. Yes. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? That, that would have been the difference between a playoff, a yes. title, whatever it is. Let's say they go and lose one of these next two games. Yep. And then they would have lost to Utah. You know what? Wow. Yes. Wow. Yep. Um, just just for comparison's sake between Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. Uh, Michael Penix this year, 28 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Uh, his rushing is not great. 
uh, you factor sacks into that. Um, he is thrown for right now 1,100 less yards than he did last year. Now, Grant, you know, still have to go. He'll likely surpass that, but the fact that he's thrown uh, one less pick than he did last year, not great. So, I would say right now Dan Lanning has a very strong case. I would go. Bone, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not going to say who I would vote to win, but if I were to give you the Heisman Trophy finalists in New York, Marvin Harrison Jr.'s got to be on that list. Wide receiver from Ohio State. Bo Nix is there. Caleb Williams is there. Michael Penix Jr. is there. And so, I mean, you got three quarterbacks in the Pac-12 and J.J. McCarthy from from Michigan. There is one guy who... Oh, Jordan Travis. I forgot Jordan Travis, too, from Florida State. There is one guy out there. He looks awfully impressive. We'll see how he does in the NFL. I know you, I think you really like him. Ooh, ooh. He's got three, what, three games left? Two, two three, four games left. And he probably shouldn't play the bowl game. There's no reason to. So what? What? Uh, give me some Bo Nick. What's Bo Nix got going on again? What, what did he have? His twenty nine. Well, let's, let's go toe to toe. Bo Nix, the favorite versus this guy. Okay. And we'll we'll see where Bo Nix stacks up against this guy who. Hmm. Not the runaway favorite for some reason, even though. If he played for fuck, Alabama, if he played for Georgia, if he played, if he played for Ohio State, people would be like, yeah, just, just mail him the Heisman right now. Dylan Gabriel? No. What, what do you got, Bo Nix staff there? Yeah, uh, let me go, let me get him yeah, back what, here. What, what, do we got for, uh, what do we got for yard? Bo Nix for passing yard. Uh, let me get back here. I think it was 3,100... Yards. Let me let me get that pulled up here. And this guy is also with thirty one hundred yards. I'm trying to think who else. Uh, are we sure it's not the Michigan court? No, no, no. No, this guy is. He's very unlike all of these quarterbacks. I mean, you're like, oh, what what do the Vikings want and need? And like, would we want Bo Nix? Would we want Michael Penix? Would we maybe want this guy? And. Did We've we, seen what what Dobbs has been able to do. It's like, oh, did we get a? Did we? No. We got off the Shadir Sanders train, right? Oh, you got Bo Nix. You got Bo Nix. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We're getting pulled up here right now, and he is at. I know it's the twenty nine touchdowns, two interceptions. He has five rushing touchdowns on the year. He this, has thirty. This guy, this guy did thirty touchdowns and four interceptions. Okay. Uh, three thousand one hundred thirty five yards. Uh, passing a QBR of 87.3, which is third right now. This guy has the same. He has 30 more yards. What's his completion percentage? Uh, Bo Nix, 77.7%. This guy's at 71. Okay. This guy has ran for 918 yards. Is it Jordan Travis? No. He has eight rushing touchdowns. What did he have? Oh, 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 damn. Um, this guy on Saturday had 600 yards by himself. 
He had an 85-yard touchdown run. He was one of the fastest sons of bitches I have ever seen on a football field. When he, he went up the sidelines, scored an 85-yard touchdown run. I was like, this son of a bitch is fucking moving. Jaden Daniels from LSU. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes, yep. I, I, we'll see how he does, but... Yo, oh, no, I agree. I, I think they had to have beaten Alabama to... Uh, to, to get like in more him more into the Heisman Trophy discussion. Yes, he is he is fantastic. I I have I have wholeheartedly agree that he should be at least in the conversation. I yes, I love James Daniels. The problem is his team has three losses. The problem is his team gave up forty or fifty five points versus Old Miss in a yes. game in which he only threw for 414 yards and four touchdowns mm-hmm. and no interceptions and ran for 100 yards. Yep. Oh, no, I I, I am fully in the Jaden Daniels camp. I like him a lot. Like, give him some. You know, I agree. I, oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely like, agree. McCarthy's fine uh, Michigan didn't pass in the second half. I love that. I love that. They just said, stop us. Here you go. We're just going to run it 30 yeah. straight times. Yep. Penn State can't. Penn State turns into Iowa. Oh, you know, Michigan's tough. Ohio State's very tough. That what, Drew Aller, that quarterback? Yeah, he's not very good. How many, I, every time I watch Penn State, it's like Drew Aller, my God, the next fucking Dan Marino. So I go, oh, yeah. No. Like, well, what 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 are people looking at? He's only nineteen. They they don't you know, throw the like, ball. They they don't throw the ball down the field. In fact, it was brought up to Penn State head coach. Why, why don't they? Maybe it's because he can't. Well, they but, keep asking him, go down the field, go down the field. But and it, James Franklin just can't come out and say, you know what? He can't do that. But he if chastised. He that, the, we probably could. He chastised the reporters who asked him that question earlier this season. And like, no, we're throwing it down the field. No, you really aren't. So, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah well, Drew Allen is great. I'm like, what? Okay, I'll watch him. We'll see how he does. And I watch him. It's like, all right, what? What? What about him? This um, you know, that, that, that boggles my mind. Like, hey, oh, Texas A&M, they're great. Oh yeah. What? what what's so great about Texas? Oh, they got. This and that, and they got this guy and that guy in there. No defensive lines are great, and they got this great, great guy here. Like, oh yeah, maybe they should win more than eight games. I, they may have already been in this status beforehand, but now I am officially putting Penn State in the sh- prove it to us. But I like I can't pick Penn State to go to the college football playoff. I can't oh. pick them to do anything until they actually show it to me. Because James Franklin cannot win the big games against Ohio State and Michigan. He just cannot do it. They were where Michigan was a couple years ago before they finally beat Ohio State. Yep. So Penn, James Franklin, Penn State, prove it to me before I could like even think about picking you for the college football playoff. You just don't. Do well in game the the big games. You you just don't. Uh, they had Sean Clifford a year or two ago. It's like yeah, what about him? He's fine. Like he's Trace McSorley, good college quarterback. It's like okay, yeah. But they got all these guys. It's like they should be better than what they they should have. Yeah, done better. Absolutely. No, Penn State is 
is firmly in that you know I'm 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 done with you. And I think we if, it's they're almost like the Clemson status. Like Clemson, show us something here. Penn State, like I'm done. Like we're just we're you're not going to be relevant to us in terms of a like legitimate championship contender until you can actually prove that you could beat. Now I know that he's beaten Ohio State a couple of times in Happy Valley. They were close to beating them in Columbus a few years back, but they didn't. So. No, I'm, I'm, I'm done with James Franklin. We're not paying you $8 million a year to be, you know, go to goddamn Capital One Bowl. Yeah, let, let's... let's Maybe you to win the conference. So. Go back to Vanderbilt. Go back to Vanderbilt, James. This week is just an atrocious week um, because the SEC is taking their annual bye week before the rivalry games. They're playing all these FCS schools and schools of insignificance. Sorry, Chattanooga and... Uh, Louisiana Monroe and all the all your schools. Sorry, you suck. That's why College Game Day is going to go to James Madison. The game of the week by far is Washington at Oregon State. This is a huge game for what? I mean, Washington just came off that big physical game against Utah. Now you have to go to Corvallis, Oregon State, a team I've been high on ever since the season began, even before the season began. There's a big game for them. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Last week. You had Utah against Washington as the game of the week. I would say that was good. Upset of the week, TCU over Texas. That didn't pan out. If we had only swapped, if we had only swapped your upset of the week with the watch your ass game of the week, Oklahoma State at UCF, then I think it would have panned out perfectly because TCU nearly beat Texas. They lost 29-26. Oklahoma State goes to Orlando and loses 45-3. To Central Florida, just absolutely embarrassed. Like Ollie Gordon or whatever his name is, the running back for Oklahoma State, he was a Heisman Trophy you know, like candidate. He's now off the board. Like just the like, not even like just pack your bags, Ollie. See you later, Oklahoma State. What an absolute embarrassment. Um, also, yeah. I'm gonna call out uh, CFB Reddit Twitter handle for. Calling out SDSU for their, you know, little penguin dancing and stuff uh, that they did a few times throughout the game on Saturday. They said it's not a good look. This wouldn't have happened under uh, head coach John Stiglmeyer. Well, Youngstown State was talking a lot of trash during the week, and yeah. guess what? They're penguins. If you make a play, you do a little waddle. It's fine. Um, ha- they're having some fun. They just absolutely annihilated Youngstown State. So. CFB Reddit, uh, or on Twitter, yeah, no, stop, stop. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would I prefer them not do it, sure, but I thought it was kind of fun. like you're playing the Penguins, you waddle, like it's that. I would like maybe you know if a team does really good against South Dakota State, hop like a jackrabbit for all I care. Like you do something good, that's fine, but if you're gonna talk a lot of smack, you better have more than 190 yards. On the uh, total offense, you better put up more points than zero. Just saying, Youngstown State. Talk trash? Guess what? Get trashed. My dream run to the championship would be Youngstown State, mm-hmm. NDSU, USD, and then pick whatever other team you want. I want all conference teams on the way. I want Youngstown State again. I want NDSU again. Southern I Illinois scares me a yeah. bit. I don't want them. 
Huh? Uh, Southern Illinois scares me a bit. Give me Northern Iowa. I want. Let's go for Northern Iowa again. I want. I want USD and NDSU. Yeah. Oh yeah. I for sure yeah. want USD. NDSU. I, I think they could beat. I gotta tell you though, because uh, I watched this. I, I watched the the SDSU Youngstown State game on ESPN Plus or whatever. And it was an actual like kind of like ESPN telecast because Missouri Valley has their deal with with. ESPN, whatever. Uh, ESPN deal with the Missouri Valley. Anyway, they're talking about how, oh, the Missouri Valley make, like, most teams that have ever made the playoffs is six. And, you know, could they get seven this year? Well, let's take a look. Uh, did you see happen to see how the Missouri Valley fared over the weekend? They, they should be lucky to get five. Yes, indeed. Northern Iowa. Oh, a team that's coming out of nowhere. They go on the road. They lose 35-16 to Missouri State. Not a good look. Uh, North Dakota. Way to put up a whole bunch of points against USD. Put up 10. Offense looked like crap. They lose 14-10. Southern Illinois. Another solid team. They go on the road to Fargo. Lose 34-10. Illinois State beat Murray State. Yeah, that's fine. But you have Youngstown State losing 34-0. You have, I think the most damning one is certainly Northern Iowa losing at Missouri State. But now you have five or four teams at six and four going into this last week that absolutely need to win. Three, yeah, five teams at six and four, I should say. Five teams, Northern Iowa, North Dakota, Youngstown State, Illinois State, and Southern Illinois. I don't know how many of those teams are safe. North Dakota may be the safest, or Southern Illinois, because they have that F... I think Southern Illinois would be because they have the win over the FBS. But Illinois State is at North Dakota. That could be a de facto elimination game. Southern Illinois has Indiana State. They'll win that one. Youngstown State has to go to Murray State. They should win that one. How about North Dakota State at Northern Iowa? Northern Iowa has to win that game to get in the field. North Dakota State needs to win to feel safe. Like... They're, to your point, they may only get five teams in because of what happened on Saturday with teams just failing to show up at all or to play well. I mean, that was a bad week for the Missouri Valley as a whole if you're talking about, oh, we might have seven playoff teams. Eh, no, I don't think so. All four Dakota teams will make it. Southern Illinois will make it. Maybe Youngstown State make it. They might get six. Illinois State, though, is out. Illinois State is out. Northern I Iowa... One, I think one bracket here where North Dakota State would play Drake and then the winner would play SDSU. Mm. And SDSU could play Idaho in the quarterfinals. Ooh, I don't know. That scares me a little. I want Furman in the championship game because I just want to annihilate them. Furman, give me a, give me the best, whatever the number two seed is. Give me that. The, right now they say it's Furman, but Furman is far from the second best team in the FCS. Montana might get there. Yep. Uh, I would like to see this number four, a, a four seed Montana State taking on the five seed USD. Yeah. I think that would just be an ass kicking. Like USD just isn't. They're just not that. Everybody says, "Well, then who is then?" This is just. It's a bad year for FCS. It's a bad year for college. It's a bad year for NFL. I don't know what's going on. Where there's no. 
besides STSU, there's no dominant team. There's no team that everybody can agree on. This is the best team. Yeah, I would love to see Montana State play USD. Yeah. I, I'd root hard for USD because I don't want to play Montana State again. I think that's uh, yeah. the one team you don't want to play. Anybody else, yeah, we'll, we'll play it. But yep. so Montana State, don't want to see them again, but anybody else, yeah, line them up. Well, we'll talk about the field next week when it's unveiled. This is the last week of the FCS regular season. We know SDSU will have a bye, so they won't play next week, but we'll take a look at the field. And what is, SDSU... what is the attendance for Saturday versus what, Missouri State? Yep. Um, what is the attendance? Temperature is going to be right around 50 degrees, I think, 45, 50 degrees. Um, Very nice. So it's going to be a nice day. I'm going to say they get... 13,000, uh, 12,000, 12,000 fans. 12,000 fans, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's more, but that's why I think it's going to be 12,000. Um, what, uh, you, you have a game of the week for us this week, an upset of the week, and a watch your ass game of the week? What I don't like here, I look at my ESPN thing, and they're putting all of these Division two games in with these top 25 games. Like, don't do that. They are not top 25 matches just because they have a number beside them. They're Division II. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they correct that later in the week. It annoys uh, me that they don't put a ranking next to the FCS game. Like, if you pull up the FCS schedule, you have no idea what team is ranked what. Now they, they got the playoff seating here. But it's like, yeah, let's get that in the Division II section. Yeah. Um. Again, Washington, Oregon State. Oregon State's got a chance to do something these next couple weeks to win one of these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oregon State is a one-point favorite. Game of the week, Oregon State and Washington. Could it also be your upset of the week? I'm going to give you two upsets. Oh, right. Oregon State is going to beat Washington. Okay. And Iowa State is going to beat Texas. All right. Okay. Texas is just sitting there just waiting to be picked off. Yep. Every week you watch them, and then they, they're like the Vikings. Oh, yeah, we're up 20. Now we're up three. Mm-hmm. Like, not, not impressive. How about yeah. the, the watch-your-ass game of the week? Yeah, there's a like cat back there. I might have the candles. Yeah. Uh, watch-your-ass game of the week. Louisville at Miami. All right. I honestly thought that was going to be your upset, was going to be Miami over Louisville. I think they're all three going to win. Make it a sweep. All right. Yeah, I mean, Louisville would barely beat Virginia. So. Yeah, it's yeah. – figure out – Quietest 9-1 season of that. I am so glad, too, that Lane Kiffin got his ass kicked by Georgia. He talks a lot of sh- – uh, shit, a lot of smack, and he just absolutely gets trounced. It's very. They're just in that Penn State position of yeah, they're ten and two, but they can't beat Alabama and Georgia. Right, right. Kind of, they're irrelevant to the to the national conversation until they can win one of those games or win it consistently and win right. in Atlanta. Um, I mean, yeah, yo, I guess Georgia and Tennessee play this week. So Tennessee just got trounced by Missouri. Yeah, I mean, so that's not a big. So it's not every SEC team plays a bye week. I mean, but I mean, 
for all intents and purposes, it pretty much is. Florida and Missouri, uh, but, I mean, you get a lot of, um, you know, Florida International against Arkansas. I mean, who gives a shit? Uh, not a great week. Not a great week. A um, couple of other notes. Like, couple- well, I mean, game day doesn't go to Washington, Oregon. Are they, uh, I assume they're going to Oregon, Oregon State next week? P- probably. I don't know why they go to James Madison this week. Like, I, I, I understand James Madison's a great story. They're getting hosed by the NCAA. Uh, but then again, James Madison knew that the, the, the NCAA, which, again, it's probably a dumb rule. It's certainly dumb on the college basketball, was it, like three or four years? at the Like, to go from FCS to FBS, it's two years. Probably should only be one. But James and, they, and, and they could be the group of five representative this year. They, they, could. they might well be. If they were eligible. But they knew ahead like, of time. What, I don't, like, again, like, what is the, what are they protecting them from? I, I, the, I don't know. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying that James yeah. Madison deserves to be eligible, but they aren't. They, they knew it ahead of time. They knew there was a two-year window where they weren't eligible. And now just because you're undefeated, you, you're petitioning the NCAA, this is a stupid rule. Why didn't you do that ahead of time? Like, you, you knew it. That's the whole thing. I think, I think they can go to a bowl game if everybody else, if everybody else, you know, like those five and seven teams, mm-hmm. like they're in that mix. So I think they could still go to a bowl game if they get down to those five and seven. I mean, I think James Madison is going to be a group of. I know they're probably losing a lot of players, but they'll be a, a team next year because look what they look what they built in two years at the FPS yeah. level. They were really good at the FCS, and then they make the jump up. They will, but I, I don't think NDSU would have this level of success at the jumping yeah, up. I, the, uh, the, that stretch, I think so. Those stretch, like you put them in the MAC, I think. No, that's them. true. That's true. You're putting James, where are they in the Sun Belt? Sun Belt, yep. Yeah, they, they beat all those Sun Belt teams because they're just better than them. And we put SDSU in the MAC, and I they probably. They probably beat all those teams. Or the Mountain West. Like, yeah, they, they probably do pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple other things then for, for me, um, if you have anything else too. Uh, baseball. Ron Washington gets hired. The manager of the Angels. Ron Washington, uh, probably most famously known for getting charged with a cocaine. Um, what, a few years ago? Was that last year? A few years ago? Something like that. Um, Ron Washington to the Angels. Explain that that decision. Is it a good hire? I think it's a good hire. He it was like 2010. He had drugs or something. He um anyway made the World Series with Texas there 10, 12 years ago, and they made it mm-hmm. back here. He's third base coach the Braves. Uh, yeah, the Angels for once did something good. Like yeah. He's 71 years old. That's fine. Okay. Um, as, as good as anybody you could have hired, good. He's fine. So, um, good for him and good good for the Angels for doing something not stupid. All right. Um, any thoughts from the NBA two weeks or two weeks in, three weeks in, something like that? Um, Timberwolves? I mean, he's the... Uh, be good this... Like, this in-season tournament is just stupid. Like, it's even dumber than I thought it was when you hear, like, all right, they're going to do this thing. You're going to be in this pod with these teams. You're going to play them. 
like twice a week, but you're also going to play other games that aren't in the tournament. And we'll know it's a tournament game because the court is ridiculous. Oh, so they're, ju- they're awful. Just awful. There might be a couple. Of, well, these are all right, but there, a lot of them are like, it's a lot of color. So this is a soccer thing. I don't know what Adam Silver like. Are you supposed to play harder in these? Like, you get... You get paid, the teams that make it out of this get quarter million, million dollars. It's like, all right, that's maybe good for some of the players. I do like how James Harden is 0-4 right now since joining the Clippers. That's that's amusing to me. Like that, you know, like, again, that's a thing where everybody knows that's not going to work. Everybody knows that's a terrible decision. And the Clippers gave up an immense amount of riches for it. And it's just dumb. And they're going to go and do that and like, oh, yeah, this... This was bad. It's like, well, yeah, we could have told you that. Like, what What don't you see that everybody else sees? Yeah. Um, Timberwolves might actually be good. They might. They might. Defensively, they're they're pretty good. Uh, college they basketball. They've got an Anthony Edwards. They have finally got a guy. They mm-hmm. have finally have. Certainly wasn't Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. They hoped it was would be him. It wasn't him. I mean, they've got Anthony Edwards, and he is... He can win an MVP. He can be a top five guy. He can be the guy that you, you need one of those guys to do something. And yep. now they have finally, for maybe the second time ever, they have a guy. Yep. So they've beaten uh, they beat Golden State last night. Yep. They beat Denver. But they have to beat they have to play Golden State again now here. I think in a, a day or two for this is for the, the play-in tournament. So, so the first one wasn't. This one is. Yeah. Just now it counts. It just means more. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Spurs played the Suns twice in three days in the same place. That was stupid. They've got that a lot where you play a team, you have a day off, and you play them again in the same city. Yeah, it's dumb. No, nope. Milwaukee Bucks not looking too hot. Nope. Um, I, I don't think the Suns have had their top three guys play together yet. That's a that's a problem. That's a problem for the Suns. Like you've got these guys, and, and we're, we we just started, and some guys I'm sure are still hurt for something. But it's like play these games. Like I just when I felt like Kawhi Leonard was that first guy. Like yeah, I'm just not going to play. Mm-hmm. Like, Tim Duncan would, but he was old. He was older. All right, we don't need to play 36 year old Tim Duncan every night. Right. Like Greg Popovich started that, and now we're we're seeing this already. Like we're not even we're 10 games into the season. People are sitting out now. You can't pull, can't play back to back nights. If that's the case, then no team should play back to backs. Put in the schedule. Every team has a day off after a game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, college basketball weekend. We have the Champions Classic this week. That'll be interesting. Michigan State loses to James Madison. I think we talked, touched on that last week. Arizona beat Duke in Cameron on Friday night. That was a hell of a game. Uh, anything from the first week of the college basketball season catch your eye? Yeah, that was a really good game. Arizona... And they went for the most part kind of back and forth and they pulled away there at the end. So that was, uh, for some reason, relegated to ESPN 2. So that was, I mean, that's 
hard to have a better game than that early on. Oh, I'm sure that uh, ESPN had to have uh, some stupid NBA basketball game on. Uh, let's. They were killing like boxing from 40 years ago. Hmm. A week. What is like a Wednesday night? So that's turned some Muhammad Ali fight. Like that's that's all we've got going on today. Hmm. We got no basketball to show. We've got no random Sun Belt game to show. Apparently not. So, yeah, that was Duke. Arizona was good. Um, what's his nuts from Carolina? Caleb Love. He's with Arizona. Oh, um, yeah, you got uh, Thanksgiving. I mean, that's the time for college basketball. Just, you know, mm-hmm. random times during the day. That, that all, all of next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, games you got, you got, uh, or Kansas and the Maui Invitational. Maui Invitational looks really good. You've got Kansas probably in Marquette in the, in the semifinals. That's intriguing. The uh, Battle for Atlantis does not look very good. Carolina's in it. Arkansas is in it. Villanova is in it. None of those do much for me. So, yeah, next week it really ramps up. I think Duke's going to beat Michigan State Tuesday. And then, uh, what's Kentucky? Kansas should beat the shit out of Kentucky. Again, Kentucky's another team where they haven't done anything for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And they're always ranked. And it's like they're not any good. Quit putting them high just because they're Kentucky. Like, they were down to Texas A&M with Commerce. They were down, like, they, they beat them 81-61, but they were down early, like, by 15 points. Yikes. It was it was twenty one to eight. Ten minutes in twenty one to eight. Like no, that's not good. So I don't expect any of those games to be good on Tuesday. I think Duke's going to beat Michigan State pretty good. I think Kansas is going to just completely destroy Kentucky. And could you get some different teams in this? I'm I'm tired of these teams because they're they're always. I don't good. like any of these teams. I don't like I don't like any of these teams. They're all good. This up at, at some, what, they've been doing this for what ten years now? Oh, at least uh, maybe more. Kentucky doesn't win any Champions Classic. Great, they've won what one title in twenty years? Yeah, they, they're great. Kansas, they won a couple. They usually disappoint. Duke, Michigan, like these are teams that oh yeah, look at them go. But like they, they were good like twenty years ago. They're always in the mix, but they're not. They're not winning these national championships anymore. So, between these four, well, how many have they won in the last 10 years? Two? Kansas has one. Kentucky has one. Duke has a 1 1. Have they, have they won one? Uh, Duke's won one, I think. Duke won one. Michigan State no. has not. No. So, they won three of the past 12. It's like, all right. So, yeah. It's like having a. It'd be like if you had the Red Sox and the Yankees and the, and the Dodgers somebody else like yeah they're they're not winning anything else before we say so long for the week no it should be about it good good football weekend good uh, good football all around and we're wrapping up for college college basketball it's been a slow start yep yep not a lot not a lot going on Uh, you're waiting you're like all right arizona duke sure I'll, i'll watch arizona duke but about a Tennessee Wisconsin, that game nearly outscored Duke Arizona. Whoa, whoa! 
But, uh, yeah, like, wow. Uh, Wisconsin apparently can score a little bit this year. Mm-hmm. And they bring – Wisconsin brings pretty much everybody back from last year. And Tennessee, I mean, Tennessee is very good. They got a good defense, but they always lose during the tournament. Here is Wisconsin's non-conference. They, they, they played Tennessee. They lost 80-70. to 70. Mm-hmm. Good game. I was on Peacock Friday night. They've got a three-game stretcher stack in December 2nd through the 9th. Okay. Wisconsin host Marquette. Ooh, okay. They're at Michigan State. Yikes. They're, they're at Arizona. Oof. That is a week. That is a week of games. That right is. There. That is brutal. That is brutal. Oof. So, good luck with that. Wisconsin may be, you know, like one of those 10, 11, 12 seeds that... Maybe may, may okay, but uh, they probably are going to have four or five non-conference losses. Yep. See how it goes. Well, have a great rest of your week, my friend. And oh, maybe, maybe the first, maybe the first, second, the first to wish you a happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. You are the first. So I appreciate that. And I'll be the next. Next week I'll be the last. Yes, oh. I appreciate that too. Thank you, Chris Berman. <laughs> I appreciate that, my friend. Uh, you have a great rest of your week, and yes. we will talk to you next week. All right. See you later. Travis Crins joining me here, Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time. There's always a lot of good stuff that we covered there. College football, the Vikings, plenty of other NFL action, college basketball ramping up. A uh, lot going on in the sports world. We will wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, Charlie's in Vegas this week, so we will talk with him next week on about how that Vegas trip went and get his thoughts on on the, the, college, the landscape of college football. But uh, we'll wrap up this week's edition with a look back at Week 10 in the NFL and make some picks for Week 11. This podcast can be found on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Also on podcast.com or archive.org. You can find me on Twitter at Andy Stacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis Krins on Travis Krins. A link to the podcast posted in the middle to later part of each week. We will, as Travis mentioned, birthdays this week, so I appreciate the birthday wish, the first birthday wish from him. So I appreciate that. And it'll give me the last one next week. So. Uh, we will wrap up this week's edition, though, looking at the NFL, making some early picks for Week 11. That comes up next here as we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast, available on iTunes and Podcast.com. And we wrap up this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast with a look back at Week 10 in the NFL, make some early picks for Week 11. So let's get right to it. Uh, week 10 began Thursday Night Football, dud of a game on Amazon Prime or Prime Video. Chicago Bears against Carolina Panthers. Bryce Young and the Panthers' offense, terrible. Tyson Bagent and the Bears' offense, a little better. Bears won 16-13. Sunday, the last game of the uh, International Series took place. This uh, the second of the two games in Frankfurt, Germany. Colts-Patriots was a rivalry in the early, mid-2000s. Peyton Manning against Tom Brady, not so much now. Colts win 10-6. Mac Jones threw an awful interception in this game with the Patriots uh, driving down and having a chance to potentially take the lead. Just awful. And the Colts go on to win 10-6. to 
Vikings beat the Saints 27-19. We talked about it. Josh Dobbs, incredible once again. Touchdown through the air. Touchdown rushing. Ty Chandler got his first rushing touchdown of his career. Uh, the Vikings offense in the second half was not great. The Saints got back in it. Jameis Winston came in for an injured Derek Carr, threw a couple of touchdowns, but also threw a couple of interceptions. Vikings had to survive a late Hail Mary attempt, but they win 27-19. Browns beat the Baltimore Ravens 33-31. Ravens got a pick six in this one. 40 seconds in, they had a 7-0 lead, and they led throughout the entire game. They had a 14-15 point lead in the fourth quarter. Let it slip away. Dustin uh, Hopkins comes out, kicks a game-winning field goal for the Cleveland Browns, who got a pick six of their own in the fourth quarter to help uh, propel the comeback, and the Browns get the big win over Baltimore, 33-31. Speaking of big wins, the Houston Texans continue to surprise, continue to amaze. They go into the jungle. They go into Cincinnati. They beat Joe Burrow in the Red Hot... Red Hot Bengals 30-27. to C.J. Stroud went toe-to-toe -to -toe with Joe Burrow. Threw one less touchdown, but threw one less pick. He also ran for a score and helped drive the Texans down to the uh, game-winning field goal with no time remaining. In fact, there were six game-winning field goals this week, or in Week 10, with no time remaining. Texans get the big win over Cincinnati. 49ers and Jaguars both came off of a bye. It looked like the 49ers utilized their bye week more than the Jaguars. 49ers throttled Jacksonville 34-3. Debo Samuel, uh, welcome back. He had a rushing touchdown in this one. End of the, the streak, though. Christian McCaffrey, 17 straight games with a touchdown. He could not make it 18. Uh, but the 49ers do get the 34-3 win. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Green Bay Packers 23-19. Najee Harris, Jalen uh, Warren each with a touchdown, a rushing touchdown in this one. Jordan Love, again, the, the Packers, or the, the Steelers got outgained yardage-wise in this one. They've been outgained in each of their nine games, and yet they are 6-3. and three. They hold off the Packers with a late interception, get the 23-19 win. Bucks snap their four-game losing streak. Tampa Bay beats Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans 20-6. The Buccaneers shut down Derrick Henry. The Titans offense really had troubles getting going. Uh, Rashad White and uh, Mike Evans each with touchdown receptions for Tampa Bay as they got the win. Arizona Cardinals, welcome back, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray gets uh, his first win of the year, and the Cardinals beat the Atlanta Falcons 25-23. B. John Robinson got more carries for the Falcons, but the Falcons as a team could not pass the football, what, like 70 net passing yards for the game. Kyler Murray, a tremendous scramble on third and 10 late to help uh, get the Cardinals into Falcons territory and eventually into the field goal position. They get the game-winning field goal, no time remaining, 25-23 win. A shootout at SoFi. The Lions, Detroit Lions, improved to 7-2 now with a 41-38 win over the Chargers. Neither team's defense could do much of anything, though the, Char the Lions' defense did a little more in the first half, including picking off Justin Herbert. But the Lions drive down after the Chargers had tied the game up at 38. Fourth and two, could have kicked a, a field goal with about a minute and a half remaining, but... Uh, Dan Campbell, who afterwards uh, Lions quarterback Jared Goff said has balls of steel or has got some balls about him. Uh, big balls, maybe something. It was something with the male anatomy. Regardless, uh, he goes for it on fourth down, gets it. Uh, then they uh, get the clock all the way to, you know, practically no time remaining. Kick the game-winning field goal with no time left on the clock. Lions get the 41-38 win. Tommy DeVito got the start for the Giants. It went about as well as you expected. Dallas over 600 yards of offense, I think 633 for the game. They trounce the Giants, 49 to 17. 
Another game-winning field goal up in the Pacific Northwest. The Seattle Seahawks get a 29-26 win over Washington. Sam Holland, the Commanders, came back to tie this game up late. Thought maybe this game would go to overtime. Geno Smith hits DK Metcalf for a couple of passes that got the Seahawks in the field goal range. Uh, Myers hits the game-winning field goal, and the Seahawks win 29-26. Raiders hand the Jets a loss 16, uh, in the 16-12 win. Antonio Pierce, interim head coach, 2-0 now uh, as interim head coach. Lone touchdown came in the fourth quarter for the Raiders. Jets had multiple opportunities to get a touchdown, but could not get it done. They have not scored a touchdown in two straight games. In fact, it was like their first possession on the um, in the the, the 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 game prior that they scored a touchdown. So the offensive woes continue, but the Raiders get the win. And then a big surprise Monday night: Denver Broncos beat the Buffalo Bills twenty-four to twenty-two. Mistake-prone Buffalo Bills offense. Four turnovers in this one. Two interceptions and a fumble by Josh Allen. Uh, James Cook, running back, fumbled it on the very first play from scrimmage. Yet the Bills had the 22-21 lead and looked like they were going to win this game. But a late pass interference penalty put the the Broncos in field goal range. But then Will Lutz missed the field goal f uh, from 41 yards out with no time or with like four seconds remaining, no time remaining, something like that. Oh wait. The Bills had 12 men on the field. Inexcusable. The Bills, uh, the, the Will Lutz, five yards closer, boots it right down the middle. Broncos get the 24-22 win, and the Bills now have subsequently fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey because that was the problem. It's not Josh Allen and the turnovers. It's not the uh, the defense and the miscues and the 12 men on the field. It was all Ken Dorsey's fault. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's go to week 11 then. Week before Thanksgiving here, got an, uh, uh, starts out with a great game on my birthday, no less. Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on Prime Video. Both teams coming off of a loss. The Bengals are a little bit more banged up. The Ravens want to uh, get that win at home. I think they do. Ravens beat the Bengals. The Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. The Panthers are inept on offense. The Cowboys are not. Cowboys throttle Carolina in Charlotte. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Both teams are 6-3. Cleveland has lost starting quarterback Deshaun Watson for the rest of the year to a shoulder injury. That is a big loss for them. I was going to take the Browns. I'm going to take Pittsburgh now because I don't know what the Browns are doing at the quarterback position. Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. By the way, I hope I'm wrong with that Browns pick. I want the Browns to win, but we'll we'll edge with the Steelers. Uh, so, Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Justin Fields going to get the start for the Bears. That will keep the Bears in it for a while, but Detroit, too good right now. Too much. I like the Lions to win. L.A. Chargers at the Green Bay Packers, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. The Chargers can't be any worse on defense than they were last week. They will get that turned around. Jordan Love and the Packers will have a little bit of success on offense, but not enough. Chargers get the win. Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Uh, great that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals got that win last week. It's not happening again. Texans, C.J. Stroud, uh, too much. Texans get the win. Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Titans are struggling right now. The Jaguars have to get that the bad taste of that loss to San Francisco out of their mouths last week. What better way to do that with than the rinse, wash, and repeat with the Tennessee Titans that got the Jaguars winning? 
Las Vegas Raiders at the Miami Dolphins, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on CBS. Raiders are 2-0 under interim head coach Antonio Pierce. It'll be 2-1. Dolphins coming off a bye. I like the Dolphins to win uh, convincingly. New York Giants at the Washington Commanders, 1 p.m. Eastern noon Central Time on Fox. Tommy DeVito getting the start again for the Giants. Washington has played a lot better than I thought they would. I like the Commanders to get the win in this one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on Fox. It was great that the Bucs got that win last week against Tennessee because they're not getting the win here. San Francisco too much like the 49ers to roll. New York Jets at the Buffalo Bills, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. It is do or die now time for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. You cannot get swept by the Jets. You, you cannot fall below 500. The, it, the playoffs look bleak anyway for them, but I got the Bills beating the Jets, a desperate Jets, uh, desperate Bills team here. Seattle Seahawks at the LA Rams, 4.25 p.m. Eastern, 3.25 p.m. Central Time on CBS. I believe Matthew Stafford is starting for the Rams in this one. That's good. Their offense will be better. I like the Seahawks, though, to edge them and get revenge for that week one loss to the Rams. Give me Seattle. Sunday Night Football, the Minnesota Vikings at the Denver Broncos, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. I was all set to pick the Vikings, but then, the, you know, the Broncos now playing a lot better. Won three in a row. Their defense is playing great. Offense looking a little more in sync. Jordan Hicks not playing for the Vikings. Oh, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm way more hesitant about this one. I'm going with the Vikings, but I don't say that with a great deal of confidence. And then Monday Night Football, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at the Kansas City Chiefs, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. Chiefs offense needs to get going. Andy Reid's great off of a bye. Travis Kelsey will have a big game. Uh, Eagles without Dallas Goddard, their star tight end. I just I, I think the Chiefs will get the job done in Arrowhead. Give me the Chiefs in a rematch of the Super Bowl. And those are your Week 11 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack. Stackattack.sportsblog.com and our Football Friday post. Thanks so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Blog Podcast. Charlie will be back next week. It is our Thanksgiving week uh, edition of the podcast. Really nothing changing, but it's just the week of Thanksgiving. So uh, we'll get a podcast out early to you next week. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Enjoy all the college football, the NFL, uh, the college basketball, NBA, NHL, everything that you are watching. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, for Travis, I'm Nathan. Find this podcast on podcast.com, iTunes, archive.org. Uh, follow me on Twitter at NDStacken, Facebook Nathan Stacken, Travis on Twitter at Travis Grins. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Have a great rest of your week. Uh, enjoy the weather. It's going to get colder, but enjoy the warm weather while it lasts. And we will talk to you next week on our Thanksgiving week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.